So welcome to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by Midpack Runners. For Midpack Runners, I'm Thane. And I'm Anthony. And earlier on this year, Thane said to me, I really want to run the Felsman again. I've tried to do it once. I didn't complete it. Will you come and do it with me? And I said, yes, of course I will, mate. Well, one of us did run the Felsman. And one of us pulled out with a week to go. (laughs) This is Runners on Trail. Episode 17. Welcome back to Runners on Trail. And this is all about the Felsman. A different race than I have ever done before. It's unique as well. Absolutely. With a long history. A very long history. Yeah, you were racing the 57th edition. Yeah, so the Felsman started in 1962. It is, first and foremost, a fell race. The fundamental difference between fell running and trail running is trails running is on trails, right? And fell running tends to be point-to-point sort of checkpoints, but the route you take between those tends to be completely up to you. Doesn't tend to be on paths, tends to be on fells, funny old thing. But there was a fair amount of the Felsman that was on trails-ish. And it was the race that you entered in 2016 to be your Transalcania qualifier. Yes. But you ended up pulling out at about the two-thirds distance stage three quarters distance three quarters distance, three quarters yeah. distance stage great. and you wanted to go back and lay some demons to rest and I thought well do you know what it looks like an interesting event mm. so I'll give it a go you of course did the spine in January and you've had some snags since really yeah basically I've had um I had some issues with my t- uh, Achilles and tendonitis and it's just progressed up the legs basically. And, and obviously I was, I was struggling a bit when we were doing the Bob Graham round recce, but it didn't get any better. And I ultimately have been uh, getting some sports massage and I've, I've got some muscles which are in a pretty bad way, but they're all getting sorted now. But um, lesson learnt, you just can't do runs without looking after your body. And I just done all without much. training. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, on the men now, and discretion was the better part of valor. And, um, yeah, I was advised to not do the race. And I was absolutely the right decision. I was struggling to stay, stand up for any length of time. So, yeah. So lie. with a week to go, you said you weren't going to do the race, yeah. but said you'd still come up and drive me up there and come around and support mm. the race. And although I was going up primarily to sort of be there because you were there in the end, I thought, well, I might as well go and do it now. It looks like an interesting race. What I liked about it was, the old school feel of it. Yeah. And it's worth saying that it's run by the scouting organisation. Correct, Keely Scouts, yeah. And there's quite a large established infrastructure around this. Really interesting, which I'm sure we'll get into in the podcast. Yeah, it felt like you'd imagine, you know, a locally run event that's been run for 50 years in Yorkshire would feel. And for me, it was better for it. Yeah, running is much richer for all that kind of diversity. Correct, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. And of course, one of the things that's unique to the Felsman is grouping. It's the only race I know that they do it in. So what this means is as you approach night, what they do is they group you into groups of a minimum of four to go through the night until dawn. Uh, and this is done in the interests of, of safety. But it's, it's a, it brings a unique kind of set of almost challenges is the wrong word, but 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 things to think dynamics. about. That. Yeah, dynamics to the race. So we travelled up. And stayed over the night before, got to the start of the race the next morning. I took a coach and here's a bit of recording of me stood on the start line. So I'm on the playing field at Ingleton, ready to start the Felsman. Interesting night's sleep in a big school sports hall. Someone had a foil blanket they were sleeping under and every time they moved, it was like someone was rustling the biggest packet of crisps in the world. It's raining, or drizzling. I don't think it's going to carry on like that all day. But uh, that is what it is. Thane said he's jealous that I'm running this morning. That's easy thing to say when you're stood there in the nice and warm. I'm sure it'll be nice. There's a lot of people here, clearly has done it many times, so it clearly is a good run. Here we go. This is the Felsman. Interesting at the start, of course, of the Felsman, because it's not. there's no set route, you start off on this playing field outside this village hall and the second you start literally people go off in two different directions yes yeah yeah you can go two ways out of the field um, and around the village to start up the first climb up Dingborough and literally that's where people went now I went the direction you told me was the direction that people had said was the quickest yeah um, up through the hole in the tennis court up through court. the hole in the tennis courts 
but it was quite funny just to see how, see people looking at the shoulders going, why are they all going that direction? Why are yeah, they going yeah. in that direction? Uh, and that carried on in some ways through the day. I ended up following people for most of the daylight hours. And yeah. I did reference back to the GPS that I took and I'd spent a lot of time for the first time ever really wrecking the route online. And I'd taken courses from sort of the top five people finishers from last year and then merging the bits of the routes, the bits I thought were best. But And that GPS route was really useful for when I needed to check because I knew I was confident that it was yeah. a good route. But what I did find was that for most of the day, like you're just following people. So I headed up to Ingleborough, which is the first peak, got there, got through that first checkpoint. And here's a couple of clips. The first from me and then effectively the second one, one you recorded after Ingleborough and at the next checkpoint at Hilling. Yes. So the first clip has been put into my into my Felsman tally wheel. I was just done a massively gnarly descent uh, from Ingleborough. I'm running away to the next checkpoint, which I seem to remember is the Hilling. Uh, no, but it's been very easy. There's a lot of people here in Fleet Mode away, and actually a lot of it's on path, so it's fairly easy to uh, follow along. Yeah, the downhills on a lot of uh, sort of almost paved paths in many ways. The people here are absolutely lovely. Um, there's a lot of them who've cleared them this year after year, and so they really obviously know what they're doing. They're nodding sagely when people like me come up with ideas of what they're going to do and have that sideways look at their mate to go yeah as if he's going to manage that so it'll be really interesting to see how the rest of the day goes oh but it is absolutely beautiful here despite the rain despite the wind i am having an absolutely fabulous day so far we'll see if it lasts but hey you know what this bit at the beginning almost has made it worth it. Oh. How's it going, mate? Alright. Brilliant. Is it alright? Yeah. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah, forgot about that. Yeah. Down there. I know it's quite. It's probably. It looks. It's probably longer than I thought it was. Oh, it's, uh, there's um, you know, like a path, like paved. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Really slippery. Some people just went straight down the slope. Yeah, and it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Their legs go and went. It's like gazelles. Yeah. Not too windy up there. Well, it obviously was windy and wet up there, but. Yeah. I'm not going to reach on my bottle here. No, okay. Okay, mate. Take okay, care. I'll hopefully see. I'll hopefully see you at the next road if I can get there. Okay. So look, I was in a pretty positive mood at that point. We'd already then experienced the weather, mm. you know, and it was going from you'd have beautiful sunlight and then hammering rain and wind. Yeah, which really was the feature of most of the day. I've never run in a waterproof before. I've never had a waterproof out of a bag before in terms of when I've been racing. Yeah, and I started this race in my waterproof coat yeah and it never came off and at the very beginning I thought oh I'm a bit warm I had a long sleeve top on underneath it yeah but shortly afterwards it was fine and for the first what 11 hours of the race that's what I was wearing and maybe this is an opportunity to very quickly talk about some of the kit you have to have for Felsman yeah. so, so you have to have five long sleeve tops of which one must be a fully tape seam waterproof coat one of which must be a fleece of some kind or fleecy layer of some kind one of them must be a sort of long sleeve base layer and then two other tops yes and so i'd taken two long sleeve running tops a winter cycling top which effectively is a zip through so it's fleecy inside i took that as my fleece layer and the reason i took that was it's skin tight and i thought it would just work really well i took my orange pertex shell that i always carry everywhere and of course, my rain jacket. And then on the legs, you've got to have two full length leg coverings. So I ran in tights with a pair of skins, compression shorts underneath. So effectively, I gave myself extra warmth across my thighs. Uh-huh. And I took my brand new, effectively, Alp kit parallax waterproof trousers. It's interesting. I found on the kit list that they 
asked you to carry this stuff, you had to carry a map and compass. Uh, you had to carry a mug for, cause it's cutless rays. You had to carry a survival blag, a foil poncho. You didn't have to carry any water. You didn't <laughs> yeah. have to carry a mobile phone. Yeah. It's just really interesting that, that because it's exists, you know, it's from, it's from a time before mobile phones and they've never needed people to carry them before. So why would they introduce them once and mobile I, phones became available? And I guess they have grouping as well. So it's a different kind of approach. Absolutely. And the water bit was really interesting. And I mentioned it to one of the guys. He said, well, it's just a natural presumption you'll carry water. Well, and I agree. I mean, everyone was going to carry water. Yeah. Not that you needed. You could have stuck your tug out and drunk, <laughs> drunk your fill, the amount that came out of the sky. But Fall over in the mud, drink. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it's an interesting time of year, isn't it? Because you're in April. The, the weather's kind of not, you know, could be winter, could be summer. Well, you can get bitten quite badly. Well, and we'll talk about some of the weather yeah, that we yeah, experience yeah. later on. And you'll hear in some of the clips later and you'll wonder what's that sort of... Noise in the background when we're inside some of the aid stations, and and that's just the rain on yeah. the tents because it rained a lot. It was a breezy day, wasn't yeah. it? Was well, nothing like what we had up in the Lake District, no. But, no. but but it was still a fair amount of wind. There was quite a lot of wind, yep, and rain, a lot of rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? Probably there wasn't a lot of rain, but it just when you're in it for that amount of time, it, it, did, just, it felt like a lot to me. Like a lot of rain. It eased off, didn't yeah. it? But there was a heck of a lot in the first kind of twelve hours of the race. It's what it yeah. felt like to me. Yeah. So look, then I left you um, and did uh, the next peak, and that there was a bit between there and the next stage station where all of a sudden it started to get a bit. Bleh. You know, it was boggy. It was the conditions underfoot weren't brilliant. We got a lot of rain happening, and you just sit there going, "Oh, really?" And it was at this point I'm starting to think, oh, it's 61 miles, 61 miles, <laughs> done why, 10 or whatever. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing it? And I'm running along, and of course, you know, you're, I'm seeing you at each of the A stations, and you're sat there, and you're and you're in your buffalo top, and you're worn. I'm just thinking, get. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've done this for you and you're not even running. Oh, you got something out of it. <laughs> so you did, so you did start with Ingleborough. That was like yeah. one of the Yorkshire three peaks. The second yeah. one was Wernside, which again is another one of the, uh, of the Yorkshire three peaks. The third one being, um, um, Penny Ghent, of course. Yeah. But, but uh, the route doesn't go that way. That's right. And it's quite steep, isn't it? Going up. Wernside's all right. Yeah. Wernside so is quite steep. Going up the one afterwards, which but the one after that is the one where it really gets you. Anyway, here's a clip of me at the Kingdale aid station after I'd done Wernside the second of the two big peaks yeah not too bad how you doing <laughs> how was it coming down there yeah how was it on top rainy yeah windy makes you a bit tired yeah well that's two of the three I don't think this one's quite as high but it's just it's steep again but then you got a nice long bit. One four four. Get some food. Yeah, yeah. Not being too cold. Has the weather been all right? No, it's been right. Keeping warm. Keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the point. I think I would say, you know, yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe a tiny bit chilly up top, but nothing. You, I wouldn't have put another light on. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and you know, as soon as you get down off there, it's not really out loud. Now, and you're sweating. Yeah. You can't got any choice. Some of it's been brilliant. Yeah. Some of it's been less brilliant. Is that because of the weather or just because of the... Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, it's quite steep when you get onto Wernside, isn't it? And then it's just kind of like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Amazing views. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's quite nice with the with the light and the shadow up there with the passing clouds and stuff. Hmm. I envy you. Do you? Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I envy you. Mm. <laughs> so, I don't talk to a lot of people and talking about the times they've done, people that are around me. I think I'll be longer than I thought I'd be. But. Right, okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's what it is. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. I better go, mate. Well, enjoy it. Well, I'll see you at Dent anyway, because that's, that's another one, that's another station like this. Lovely. So, <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> enjoy it, enjoy it. See you later, bud. So, look, that was me in the Kingdale checkpoint. Flapjacks. Lovely flapjacks. I'll tell you what, I, every time I left an aid station and was on my way to the next thing, 
in my head, I had what food I was going to eat at the next day station. And it was a real motivator. Yes. The real food that I knew I was going to get. Not mm. the usual stuff of crisps and, and sweets, which of course they had as well. Some of it anyway. But it was the real food was looking forward to eating something. Yeah. Was I know I've got a sausage roll raw. coming up. <laughs> yeah. And it was knowing I was going to get the flapjack there was amazing. After you leave there, you head up Gregareth. It, at one point, it is over a 45% gradient. I remember this from three years ago and because I, I remember and I, I, I was kind of like going up going I can't believe this is this steep I was like taking like five paces and then stopping and resting and taking another five it was crazy honestly uh, ridiculous but you know that once you've done that you're effectively going to do a ridge line to the next one so it's not a, you had that in my head that this is the big three this is the big three once yes. it's done it's done yeah so for those of you listening you can hear this sort of noise in the background in the clips that it sort of goes and that's one of the methods they use for recording you on the Felsman is you have a little sort of RFID tag that you have mm. to touch onto a reader when you get to each aid station. You also have a tally shaped like a wheel or a circle that they clip with an old style sort of puncher, like a like a train conductor used to on a ticket Yes, to make a little hole and they're all different shapes. And that ends up, your tally's got your number on it, and ends up becoming your medal at yes. the end. So, you know, that mark of achievement, that badge of achievement, because you've got your wheel with all your tallies in it. It's really lovely. And this is what I mean about it being a little bit of a different event. Yeah. And they sent it back, they sent it back to all the runners and say, when yeah. I didn't complete it three years ago, I've got it without it all the way clipped. Well, clipped <laughs> around, right, okay. I know yeah. where I pulled out. Uh, yeah. And I've been chatting to people as I ran round, um, as you may have heard in the, in the clip, and the people who were around me who'd completed it before, said, I'm about on the same pace as I was before, Mm. had done things like 20 hours. And so at this point, I'm thinking, right, my 16 to 18 hour estimate is probably not going to be right. Yeah. And as I said, the bit in that wasn't, I didn't mind how long I took to do the race, really. The big bit for me was, I just didn't want to be awake and out for that long. Yeah. So I minded in that terms. Mm. I'd I'd rather get back at sort of midnight Mm. than get back at four in the morning. Yeah. Or, or six in the morning or 10 in the morning. Yeah. You know, and, and it was that enormity of the run that I've realized is the bit that I don't enjoy. Mm. Knowing I had that 61 miles to do and how long I was going to be on my feet. Mm. Whilst I enjoyed what I was doing sort of at the yes. same point, yes. my brain was going, oh yeah, but you've got to do this for ages. And that kind of spoiled the enjoyment for it for me, which yeah. is a pity. And perhaps something I can work on mm. in terms of a positive mental thing, or perhaps it's just the fact that I don't enjoy the, the long, long, long races. Yeah. I think one of the things you're talking about with the, um, with those checkpoints, with the, you know, the whoop, or the, yeah. I can't even do the sound now, but, but, but that, that was part of their own network. So they've kind of developed this whole approach in order to get, and I was talking to some people around it about it at the A stations and it's all to kind of keep the price down. So they've got their own fell tracker system, which they use. But it's not only that, they use CB radios at all of the checkpoints as well on the road station. So they've got this, this network they're talking over all the time. They're also using the, um, uh, plugged into a farmer's kind of wifi network to, to get it up the valleys. But they're, they're kind of keyed into all that. And, and it's just this kind of, you can tell how the whole event, you know, the history, you can see how it's all kind of evolved and they're using this stuff and they're doing it to keep the price down and do it in a real way. And, and it was really cheap. Amazing. I can't remember how much it was. 40 oh, pounds, 45 quid. Yeah. Which for what you get is absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, even if you just think about, you know, the accommodation, the food. Yeah. You know, it's a, really good event it's very humbling the amount of effort that goes into I think organising it and the people involved it really does you know and there's a lot of people doing it you can really tell they're doing it for the love yeah you know and they've been supporting this race for since 1962 almost some of them so when I was at Kingdale, I was I was chatting to a couple and, and, and a gentleman had done it 30 years, I think, on the trot. He used to kind of, you know, podium and stuff, um, finish in daylight and the rest of it. People are so dedicated to this race. I, yeah. I totally get that. I totally get it. So I got to the top of Gregareth and then transit along to Great Coombe. And here's a clip of me on the way there. So 15 miles into the Felsman. It's a tough old race, you know. No surprises, really. I've done uh, four checkpoints, I think. Uh, but I've done the big three climbs. That's the tough bit. Uh, now we're... Uh, actually, five checkpoints. Oh, yeah, five checkpoints. Um, and now we're... We're on our way up another hill. And I'm pretty sure we're going to spend a little bit of time down... 
in the sort of valleys. Don't run through a village called Dent, I think. The views are amazing. It's a little bit windy. It's been raining a bit, but it's dry at the moment, which is nice. And I feel alright. You know, I always be 15 miles into a 60 mile race, I guess. A little bit apprehensive. Done some big climbs, so the legs are a little bit tired, but it's alright. And the views are amazing. Shortly after I recorded that clip, I got some absolutely horrendous cramps mm. in my edges of my thighs and coming around from the hamstrings. The same thing I had happened to me at Squamish. But whereas at Squamish, I managed to walk it off, these things kept coming back. And as I came down from Great Coombe, I had a massive cramp attack and fell down and people stopped to check I was okay. But and it was again one of those moments where you just go, please just leave me. I just, I, and they say, are you sure you're going to be okay? No, I'll be fine. I can get to the next aid station. But all of a sudden there was this bit in my head of, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah, I might have to pull out. Yeah. It was that bad. And here's a clip of me getting to Dent and having a chat with you. Yeah. So I'm at Dent, probably a bit windy. And lots of rain. Lots and lots of rain. How are you doing, mate? Huh? How are you doing? Mm, not rain. rain. Passing rain at the moment. <laughs> That's a horrendous cramp. Yeah. Really bad. If I can't, if I can't shake them off, then it's game over. Cramps. What? Legs. Yeah, legs around here. Cards. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had them in squamish and ran them off. So, yeah. I'm hopeful that's what I can do. But okay. We'll see. Cause, yeah. You know, I can't is it just cramping all the time, or is it coming on in? Starts, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that. I can't do another 40 miles like that, so yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll okay, see. Yeah. Thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Fine. Sick of the car. <laughs> Driving around. Fine. I've got my sausage wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going all right. My legs are starting to slow down, so I know it's like that. Yeah, it's a long way. <laughs> Third of the way there. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Boggy up there. It, yeah, coming off top down to uh, from the Great Coombe, it's boggy. Yeah. Um, it's it's still, the weather just can't make a mind up, woman. No. It? Yeah, yeah. When we got to top of the ground, it was lovely. Then some mm. hailstones, it went really miserable. Then coming across, it turned nice again. And it's, yeah. Well, I think the weather forecast, I think, just has it just like this until about midnight, and then it stops raining. Yeah. Yeah. Three years ago, I don't think I ran anything from here. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird day, isn't it? Because when, when, when the clouds pass, it's nice and sunny, and then sometimes you think, God, it's, it's completely tagged out. Do you want to experience the range of British weather in one day? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Five hours and we've done three, a third of it. Yeah. So in theory, that means 15 hours finished, and we know it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. <laughs> right, and the one I've got to get to, if I can, is Fleet Moss, which is 37.7. Before greeting. That's my aim. We've got five hours. 10 to 2. So we've got five hours, 10 minutes. Yeah, to do 15. Where's my poles? 15 minutes. At <laughs> uh, 15 point what miles? 17, 17 miles. miles. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay, you're doing good then, bud. You're doing good. Keep it going, keep it going. Take care. So Dent, sausage rolls, lovely. The cramping going down that all the way into Dent was particularly bad. And there was a um, sort of slate path coming yeah, down into Dent. quite rocky. Yeah, and I was in my shoes. I was slipping everywhere. And of course, as I slipped then and tried to regain my balance, the cramps would hit. And it was yeah. quite a low moment in terms of going down that hill. And it was um, a bit of steeper, a bit higher up, wasn't it, coming off? And you kind of go around a bit of a cliff and stuff. And, yeah, it's, it's well, just... a cliff, but... Yeah, and it's the bit where you have to run down. They say you run next to this fence and you run next to the fence and it was just horrendously boggy. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, so, but you're thinking, hang on, I'm running the bit. I'm running where they told me to, so I'm not going to run anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> this has got to be as good as it gets. But anyway, it was what it was. Again, great to see you, and we'll get onto that later. But you know, having some support through the event made mm. a big difference. Just after I left there, then I hooked up with a guy called Mike, and then ended up running with him for all the way, well, for the rest of the daylight hours, basically. Not. 
together together, but just bumping into him. And yeah, he yeah. had his girlfriend going around. And so I, we ended up bumping into them at all the aid stations. You heard then about the hail on the top. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, sideways hail. Nothing compared to what happened later. And we'll get onto that yeah, later. Yeah. Uh, and off we then headed. With, with, with fire in your belly, because you had... You know, you now had targets to achieve, and you kind of knew where you were in the race, and and then had set an expectation of where you were going to get to before grouping, which is, I know we'll talk about it a bit more later, is is a critical kind of point. Yeah, and I'm much better now, not worrying about times, but there are certain bits in certain races where you want to get to in times, mm. and the grouping thing. Everyone around me said you'll be an hour or two quicker overall in the race if you can get out of Fleet Moss without being grouped because grouping inevitably slows you down because you have to go at the pace of the slowest person so you can't run your own race necessarily so i was as determined as i could be to get through fleet moss without being grouped just so i could finish the race quicker not because i wanted a quicker time i just wanted to get home you know i wanted to finish and go to bed it was a sapping race but i started with my belly but with cramping again the next bit was one of the toughest bits of the race it's one of the longest legs yes that you do and it was sort of tussocky grass and, yeah. you know. It's, I remember being really boggy as well, is that you're kind of having, you couldn't go very much in a straight line. It was kind well, of a lot of local knowledge about where, no, go left of here, go there right were, of there here. Were these, you know, there was a classic bit where there was a group of us and we were sort of looping around each other, pacing each other, basically. And at one point I was in the front and I went from completely firm ground, took one pace and I was waist deep, literally. <laughs> and, you know, and it was almost top gear rules. It was just a, you right, mate? Yep. And everyone just ran round me and carried on going <laughs> as I pulled myself out of this bog and then chased them down. No one was stopping to help me out. And, and quite rightly so, but, you know, they, they were then on their pace and I could catch them up. And when they went in the bog, I just, you know, you could then run around them. But it was in some ways quite funny, but at the same time, just horrid. Mm. Absolutely horrid. And I went through to Stonehouse uh, which is a, quite a famous aid station on Felsman because it's right next to a viaduct and it's very picturesque. Here's me and you at Stonehouse. You alright, mate? No, it's just here. I'll run this 10 yards with you. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, alright. You cramped, it's alright? I have one more. Right, okay. Alright, gotta remind me to put my bottles up. I forgot the last place. I can you put your what up? Your bottles up. Oh, put okay. my bottles up. Yeah, yeah. I didn't in the last place. Yeah. I, I managed to get by, but it's not been good. You're doing well. Are you managing to run much? Are you? Yeah, a little bit. It's not been too bad, this last section, is it? It's been quite sunny here. Uh, it's been all right, yeah. Although it's just starting to rain again. One far Sorry? Don't let me leave without filling no, up no, my bottle. No, 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 no. Are you using the GPS much or? A little bit. Yeah. Still, I guess lots of people out still at the moment, isn't there? I was trying this gentleman down the hill and occasionally he looked like he wasn't sure where he was going, so I... I don't have a clue. So I have to go along. <laughs> yeah, follow me at your peril, sir. Well, exactly. This is why I didn't pull out the GPS occasion. I saw him hesitate. I thought, Do you know what, I'll do a quick check. But he was always right. Beginner's luck. We oh, doubt yourself though, don't you? I think they've redistributed my number to somebody apparently. Have they? Because I'm on the course, but I'm not. <laughs> but there's times being registered for me. Alright. So obviously people turn up just on the off chance that people aren't going to start, which is a fair enough assumption. How are you doing, Mike? You alright? Have you checked in? Yeah. I don't think we're going to make Fleet Moss. don't think you're going to make Fleet Moss? No. Not, not before. Oh, okay. Not a bit long. You're right. Not so bad now. Not such big climbs. Now breathe. Just pain the ass as you go back on yourself. We got three hours. Yeah, three hours to do ten miles. It's going to be tight. Well, we had. Um, but you have to be. What, what's the time you got to be past? No. Seven. Oh, you got, you, oh, so you've got to be past Fleet Moss before 7, yeah. yeah. But they say in the thing you have to be in there, but I think you have to be yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got to be out. If you're in it at 7, you're grouped like... Yeah. But you're, you're an hour ahead of where I was. You were half an hour ahead of Dent, and you made another half hour up on this one. Right. And I, I obviously got, got grouped before Fleet Moss. Yeah. But probably not by... I probably only just missed it. I didn't know what the times were or anything. So you're going faster than I am. Yeah. Nice day, so. Right, no point stopping, is it? Hey, hey. 
good not stopping at train stations like Well, trust me, the temptation there is to sit there, put your pocket up, and then tell you to take them in the car. I spent like half an hour there, and I really <laughs> shouldn't have done. Yeah. This is it for me, mate. This is my last 10 of 10 over 50. Really? Yeah. Okay. Not enjoying it. No. Uh, I'll see you later, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Take care. I'll see you at the next one. Moss. Well, I won't see you the next one. The next road one. Yeah. Okay. I think one of the things you were doing really well was your aid station discipline. So you were kind of spending five, ten minutes max at aid stations. You yeah. had it nailed. And you were clearly passing people on the course, a few people, but I think you were passing more people in the aid stations because you were climbing the leaderboard. You were kind of, you know, down at, I know, 170th or something, I think, at one point. But then you kept going up like 10, 15 people in aid station. And I think it was really disciplined and, and, and really smart racing. It was really quite impressive the way you just kind of started at your pace and then were kind of just steadily moving up. I think some of it was born by necessity. And we'll talk about it later on about something that happened when I was grouped. But the longer I sat in an aid station, the more cold I got, the more my legs started to seize up a bit, but the more comfortable it starts to feel. Yeah. And I needed to get out before I didn't want to get out and just wanted to stop. You, you know, kind of knew that going in, I guess, to each aid station, because you look very determined. Yeah. Well, uh, and we've seen that you can lose a lot of time in aid station. It's like transitioning triathlon aid stations in ultramarathons. Your discipline through those is as important as your discipline when you're, when you're running or walking or navving. Yeah. I think. And I just, again, it was all born from, I just didn't want to be on my <laughs> wake or on this course as any more than I had to. So get in, get some food, get out. Great. Uh, they had pasta at that aid station. So I'm going to talk about the food at every aid station, I suspect, <laughs> but you know, lovely sit down, bowl of pasta was just, just what I needed. It really was. And what's famous about that aid station? as well as the fancy dress they always have a themed fancy were they dress clowns? Yeah, were they clowns yeah they were clowns they were clowns this year apparently yeah. they were vikings the year before yeah I think they were superheroes in the year I did it and I can remember walking into the to the food tent and going <laughs> and going and because you're tired I walked in and just went are those clowns <laughs> those are clowns it's great but I think I was probably quite low and it was I knew that there was going to be a bit of the next bit that was going to be either make or break I think in my head and the next bit was where we had properly biblical weather yeah I mean it's um, worth saying isn't it the, you know the, the, the history as far as I understand it for this event it was supposed to be you know it's for fell walkers that's yeah. what it kind of originally started it was supposed to be challenging it was like can you complete this distance over this terrain and it purposefully was done in areas where it was difficult yeah I you mean know, it, was, it was kind of you know I'm just going to have a quick look but in the first year there was 57 starters only 15 people finished 45 yeah. retired yeah so you know, over time, people clearly more people finish now, I guess, because people who end who understand what the race is, and it's more sporty. I guess you know, the running shoes weren't around then, and all you know, it's a different. Yeah, things have changed a lot in those fifty-seven years. You were about to say about the weather as well. Yeah. So on the run to Red Shore, we had biblical amounts of hail. Which, <laughs> and when I say biblical amounts of hail, you know, by the time I got to Red Shore, the sides of the hills are like it been snowing; they were just white. Absolutely. And it sounded horrendous. I remember st- standing outside the tents quite often at these aid stations because there was people inside and I was just kind of spectating. I wasn't helping. I didn't want to get in the way. But as soon as that hail started, I was like, everyone was like, no, I'm going in. I'm going in. <laughs> get out of the way. I'm coming in. <laughs> the only saving grace, and some, I think someone said this at the next aid station. I don't know if you captured it in, in your recordings. The only saving grace was the wind was directly behind us. Yeah. So the hail was hitting me on my back. I mean, it was it was hurting. Oh yeah, it was really hurting. But at least it wasn't in my face. Yeah, and it was there was a bit where I was just running along and just started giggling manically <laughs> because it was just you know just how stupid is this? Because the hail was more there was was I think it was larger size uh, than it, what it, we had when we even went up in the Lake District. But yeah, as you say, it was, it was some, a better direction. It was more in our faces in the Lake District. Yeah, it was just horrendous. But I got to the next aid station and. I knew when I got to that aid station, I could have a hot dog. And it was again, it's in my head as I run along with the, with the hail. Hot dog, hot dog. And as soon as I get in there, I remember them saying, do you want some coffee? Yeah, later. Hot dog, please. <laughs> right now, I want that hot dog. I, st- I, I almost ate it in one mouthful. It was, it was lovely. But anyway, here's a clip of me at Redshaw. Quick out, mate. Yeah, yeah. Might just make it. Oh, no, you'll make it because you'll, oh, I see. You mean get get through Fleet Moss and then get groups at Cray? Correct. Yeah, okay. It's possible. Yeah. I've got about five and a half miles to do. It's doable. Thank you. 
Hot dog. No, 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 no,
leave one leave one just in case. I don't think it will get much colder than this. No, hopefully not. Because if the rain stops, that will kind of warm the air a bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> time. Uh, you got seven minutes. Okay. It's uh, 7.23. Uh, you don't want to group in groups of four. You've got five or six minutes, okay? Right. I'm going. You're doing good, mate. Really good. Yeah, will do. See you, Craig. Keep it going. Doing good. So, there it was, you know, at Fleet Moss, and didn't get grouped, or didn't have to get grouped. Fleet Moss is a defining aid station, I think, or was in this year's race. And you can see that by the number of people that dropped out mm. at Fleet Moss. And I think a lot of that was to do with how cold it was. So Mike, the guy I've been with for a lot of the day, another guy in front of me who'd done the race loads, both pulled at Fleet Moss. Yeah. And it was at Fleet Moss where I pulled two layers out my bag to put on my top. I put on my... So what I did was I put my Pertex layer on on top of my base layer. Then I put on my winter cycling top, my fleece, and then my coat back on again. And what the idea I had from that was to put layers of windproof material in between layers of insulation to try and keep myself warm. And I was really cold. You were shaking a lot. I was absolutely, yeah, I was shivering almost uncontrollably. And when I went to get a cup of coffee, the woman said, I can't pour that into your cup because I'm just going to burn your hand. Your hand (laughs) is moving so much, you're going to have to give me your cup. And I also put on my waterproof trousers at that point, which I not had on. And the dynamic for me then on the day for having you there was brought home because I was on the point of pulling, definitely. You know, these two other people who I've been with who looked really strong have all of a sudden pulled. And your mind then goes, right, why have they pulled? Well, well, I, perhaps, and, and I didn't feel that good. But there was clear to me there was absolutely no way you were going to let me pull out. <laughs> you know, you were, you were all about, right, get this stuff on and get out the door and off you go down the road and it'll be warmer. And if you hadn't been there, I think there's a genuine chance, proper okay. genuine chance I would pull. You know, the support you gave me was just exactly what I needed. Now... If I'd stayed and got grouped, I don't know how that would have changed the dynamic then for the rest of the day. Yeah. Because I was literally, there were two more, maybe three people after me out the door, but that was it. And I got out of there and started running down the road and I was so cold and I was so tired, but I thought, I, I gotta run. If I don't run, I'm gonna freeze to death. Yes. So I was just, I was shaking as I was running down the road. And I guess you knew you were running out of the wind yeah. and, and down to lower where, where it was, it was gonna be warmer. Yes. So you, you were gonna, and you were gonna generate heat. So at the end of that road at the bottom, you were gonna be a lot warmer than where you were at the that, top. That's kind of what I told myself. Yeah. And I bumped into a couple of guys then, Jonathan and Andrew, and we ended up sticking together for the next section. Yeah. And there was that, group reassurance being together so there was a really tough climb up to the next checkpoint and middle tongue and at this point it was getting dark yeah um, and by the time we left middle tongue and we're into the next bit it was dark they had a map i had my gps and we were trying to nav through doing it on head torches and it's one of those bits where you think there, there might be a path here but i'm just following a route um, yes. and i was thinking well i'm just going to follow the route that these amazing runners took why would I do anything else? Yeah. Which perhaps in daylight would have been great, but at night time just felt a little bit meandery. Yeah. But we pressed on, got through the next checkpoint and then down into Cray where we knew we were going to get grouped. So at Cray, waiting for Anthony to come in. I think this might be him coming with a couple of other people now. So hopefully I'll be able to grab some time with him. They'll definitely get grouped here. I'm hoping they can get in a group and head off reasonably quickly. Um, if they're ready, though, and the group isn't ready, then they can have waiting time, i.e. The, the, the race clock for them stops. The weather's improved now. It's not raining. It's not rained for some time. The wind seems to have dropped slightly. seems like slightly chilly night. Well, it is a chilly night, but it looks much more pleasant than it was, that's for sure. Just going by the lights to turn my, turn my head right off. But, yeah, yeah, it's long enough. This is the first question they told me. They've done it before they arrive in. Aloha. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. Chris, come with me. Hello. That was a bit of a... I'm going to find it over the top. Yeah, it wasn't particularly pleasant, was it? That's there. Uh, it's just right, that bit. <laughs> 
I guess I need to wait to get grouped from here. Well, yeah. But what? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? Let them know. Come on, doesn't matter. You can go now if you want. Judge a drink. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. Sorry, just pass your top. Fill up my walk. Fill up the walk bottles first. Because there might have been one person behind you, I think, if one person didn't catch you up. But, but there's definitely no more than that. You know, when I passed you in the car, yeah. there was the two guys you were with, but yeah. I think one of them's gone through already. Yeah, he's ready to go. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Take your time. Oh, the guy in the green? Oh, right. oh, okay. So I think there was one person behind you who was ungrouped, and then it was all grouped. But there was a gap of no one, no group left before I left. No, we saw a group as we left held. Gap, help, Frank, help. 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 We can see a group coming across the field. Oh, right, okay. If I have to sit here for half an hour, I can live with it. Yeah, well, you get waiting time, don't you? If you're ready, you can ready to go, then they just have a block for you. How's the hill going up to get on the route? Just a bit of a grind. Just a bit of a grind. Yeah. It was, it was a bit from middle chunk of hell gap that was the pain. Yeah. That's the worst bit. I'd... Right, okay, I pulled out here. That was the worst bit on the whole lot. That's what did my knee in. Right, okay, what numbers have we got? I've got no path. You didn't find you did, You didn't find the path then, the mythical path. Well, we did found we found a path. Yeah. 18? Yeah, going up. Eight. Sorry, 18. There was a temptation to go about this group now. It's alright, it's my fault. Guys, do you move on stay? Because I'm thinking I might try and go in with this group. Zero five six. I like it. Zero. Zero. Sure. Do you want me to wait for you? Three three two. Can we bolt into your group? We're ready to go. We're five already. I don't know. How does it work? Yeah, you can. If you're happy to take seven. Next wave, so we dropped out because your group hasn't died, didn't it? Right, okay, you ready? Take care, okay? Right, thanks. Right, so what are your numbers? Uh, two, one, three. 63. 63, 06, 3. 144, by the way. 144. 144, right. So who's responsible? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got into the A station at Cray and what you had in there, there were two guys that were on their wait time. So they'd been in, they'd had some food, but they wouldn't let them go until they could put them into a group. So they said, we're ready to go. And at that point, they stopped the clock for them on the race effectively. There was then another group of three um, who'd come in, I think, about five minutes before us. Yes. So as I sat down, and I said, all right, I need to think about grouping. And one of the guys on which I went, ready to go? You ready to go? I said, I'm literally just sitting down with a Give me a second. I'm ready to just come in. And he just laughed. Jonathan was quite cold and wrapped himself in a um, sort of fleece-lined... Yeah. Um, almost like... Sleeping some, bag. Like a sleeping bag or a, a sort of blanket thing. And I said to the bloke, one of the people in there, have you got to spare one of those? Not that I was necessarily cold, but I wanted to stop myself from getting cold. And I thought I'd be there for quite a long time because my presumption was that the three people who were in there already would group with these two guys before we were ready to go. Yeah. I grabbed some food. Andrew grabbed some food. Jonathan grabbed some food. And I ate my food and I suddenly realised I was finishing my coffee as they were grouping these five together. And as you heard from the clip, so I said, can we join your group? They had a quick chat. We had a quick check on what, if it was there a maximum number in a group and if there wasn't. And so I was ready to go and Andrew was ready to go. Jonathan Cleary was not ready to go. He wanted to warm up. He wanted to, get, he hadn't had any, as many layers on Sweden. Yeah, so he wanted yeah. to put some layers on and get himself sorted because he'd done the right thing in many ways and legged it out of Fleet Moss to miss, make sure he didn't get grouped yes. at Fleet Moss. So he decided he wanted to stay. So there's this bit then, did we stay with him? Did we not stay with him? But he was absolutely fine about us going. And so I thought, well, I might as well go. And again, in the back of my mind is I didn't like sitting in the A station because I was getting cold and I was getting crampy. Mm. I just wanted to keep moving. Mm. And so we bolted into that group, me and Andrew, and off we went into the dark. Now, jumping forward a bit here, what ended up happening was Jonathan bolted onto a group behind us, which was a really fast group. And they went past us 
during the night. You know, and then he subtracted his wait time. And he lost his wait time as well. So he, he did, you know, in fact, it worked out brilliantly for him staying mm. behind. So we went off with this group. Now, they were navigating using the map, which by necessity was a little bit slower, I think, because they were taking, going all around the paths and everything else. Whereas I was, my GPS route was from the fast guys who ran the day. Yeah, but actually, yeah. it was really nice to do it that way. Mm. And there was a brilliant bit, I think, after Park Rash, as we were going down towards Great Wernside, where, or, or after work, Great Wernside before Capstone Gate, I can't remember which it was. One of the guys said, this next bit's really boggy and we could see groups in the distance with lights and we could actually hear people going, oh, <laughs> as they were falling down in bogs. And he went, if we just go over here, halfway down the hill, we'll hit a path. And he said, it's not even on the maps. He said, it's like a little goat trail and it takes you right through the bogs. And we went, okay. So we stumbled down this hillside and, mar- and hit this path. And then followed it all the way through all the bogs without getting our feet wet. Effectively. Local knowledge. He was a local runner or something? Or? Yeah, exactly. He lived up there and, and run it a lot. And, and so that was absolutely brilliant. And I would never have found that. And it wasn't on my GPS room. And, and as I said, at some points, we did use the GPS room. There's one bit where we went to turn off the path and I had my GPS out and went, it's not here. And they went, well, I think it is. I went, no, no, really, it's not it's here. Not, we've, yeah, got yeah. Go, we've got to go at least another 400 metres further along this path. So having the GPS was really useful. And we discussed that before. Having different methods of nav, mm, I think overall, mm, mm. was brilliant. So we talked about aid station speed. We're in the group. It's all going well. We got to Park Rash. And as per usual for me, I guess, I got some, some to eat. I had some drink. And I'm sat there. And one of the other runners in the group looked across me and went, you're itching to get out that door, aren't you? I said, I'm desperate to get out that door. And we were in there for about 20 to 25 minutes, I think. And when we went to leave, one of the runners suddenly had an issue and felt faint. So they lay down for 10 minutes with a full blanket wrapped around them. And then we left. They then got quite bad leg cramps in the next section. And that was when Jonathan and his group and other people came past us. And for me, I, I was having some problems with my lungs. I was coughing and sort of retching, dry heaves and all that sort of stuff. Which I think oh, wow. we were slightly worried okay. about. But it was fine. I just needed to do it and sort of clear myself out and get going again. But the pace of our group slowed down quite a lot. Now, the interesting bit here is, of course, could I have gone quicker? I'm just not sure I could with those dry heaves and everything else. If I pushed myself just a little bit harder, I could feel myself starting to almost hit the red limit. So whilst the group was going possibly slower than the others around us, do you know what? I'm quite glad of that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it never felt bad to me. I never felt frustrated about it. Yeah. It was all fine. The poor runner who was having the cramps clearly felt bad about it. But that, that was the, that's the dynamics of grouping. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it does. You know, you, you can end up with someone who's having issues and that's just where, and for the first part of that night, you wouldn't have had an idea this person was then going to have issues later on. So mm. yeah, it, that's the dynamic, I guess it creates. But uh, as we were doing that, we could see the clock almost, you know, getting later and later and later when we would arrive. And we got to Yarbury, which is where I then met you when you'd gone back and had a little bit of a sleep. I don't know what time it was, but it was getting light. Yes, definitely yeah. getting light. Because it allowed you to ungroup at that they point. They ungroup you at Yarbury because it's then just a road run back oh, to okay. the finish. Yeah. Um, so we got there at about dawn, tired, mentally tired because it's you've been up for however many hours. But actually, my legs felt all right because mm. we'd been walking all night. We hadn't really done much running. So what was quite interesting, I was waiting for you at Yarbury, uh, was I was talking to uh, a chap there who'd run it, I think it's 11 years. Um but he'd just done the Bob Graham round three weeks before and he was off to run Transvolcania in two weeks' time. How's it going anyway, right? All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been pretty pretty regular mm. coming through now. Um, and it's, you know, it's nice that the rain stayed off and yeah. now that the sun's come up, you probably find that uh, people start moving a bit quicker yeah, and the morale yeah. picks up, doesn't it? Yeah, it's amazing how it slows down, isn't it? And now yeah. you can't really see and you don't realise how how much it's kind of slowed you down. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, it's been okay. We were on uh, Wayneside first thing this morning. Oh, my word. Right, okay. That was a different uh, story, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been a long day, but we had a, um, an hour or two back at Threshfield, a bit of a something to eat, and then we come back out here probably about 11 o'clock. Yeah. So, uh, Did you have to deal with that emergency I heard about? Yeah, we were, yeah. Oh, right. You yeah, that, we, that, we were out on uh, Wayneside longer than we yeah. were like. Because yeah. Of that. But yeah, it was pretty nasty. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just sort of on a descent, clipped his foot and nose dived and st- landed straight on his face, basically. But he wasn't. He wasn't part of this race. Was he, he was, was part peaks, of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good morning. 
Welcome. Nice to have you at Yarnbury. Yes, very much so. Somebody got your greeting card, please. Can I put one, two, eight. One, two, eight. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Five, nine. How are you doing? All right. How long have you been up? Uh, I've, I've been here for about ten minutes. Okay, that's not I bad. I slept for like two and a half Six, hours, three. and that was then people in and out of the hall all the time. So. Yeah. Right, so we see you. Yeah. Ungrouped. Ungrouped? Yeah. yeah. All undone, Yeah, well done. One, two, four, four. Okay, mate. You alright? Yeah, yeah. I'll see you. Yeah, yeah. It's in like what half an hour, I guess, from here. Half two, an hour, two miles. Maybe a bit longer, mate. Yeah. Maybe a bit longer because it's leg tired, like something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Well, I drive down in like ten, fifteen, anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. Well done. How was it feeling then when you were alright? Uh, I think they're right. I think they've just slowed. I think they were just saying. Well, all the only indication I had was that it was just slowing up, I think. Or they were slowing up because of cold and yeah, tired yeah. legs. Yeah. But it can go one or two ways, can't it? The group, and you know, you could either be dragged along or you could be. Yeah. yeah. You've done it before? Yeah, four times, last four years, and then. Right. Um, I'm kind of in between two big events, so it, it's kind of made sense oh, I wanted right. to be okay. part of it, so I thought if I can't run it, yeah. uh, just to have a go at marshalling and yes. volunteering, so it's, it's still get. I mean, I've, when I've done it in the past, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's these these checkpoints in the marshalling that for me make it, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's nice to be part of this side of it for a change. Yeah, yeah. It was strange today, actually, when we were on Wayne's side, and we were there with the guy who'd fallen. Yeah. We were sort of um, trying to help him out with just a bit of first aid and stuff. Yeah. And um, the mountain rescue guys come over, and um, it was the guy. So we we got a really good group on this race last year, and we were flying. And as we come to here, one of the guys, Mike, was knee was in a bit of a bad way, and he, he just said, "I'm just going to plod on." And before we knew it, the other guys had just gone. Yeah. So I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm happy enough with my time as it is. I'll I'll come in with you." So yeah. we kind of just got a bit of a jog on, very slow, and yeah. Um, his, his missus was driving down the road with this shouting abuse at him and messing around, you know, like winding him up. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and uh, it was him when the helicopter come in. He was the uh, he was the mountain rescue guy, and I was like, "Oh right, actually, twelve months of the day since I've seen you, and you get out of the, the helicopter." And he was he was in the him. helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Him and him and his girlfriend are on the mountain rescue, and, and and got out, and I was like, "Oh, what amazing!" You know, it's totally random that it's to the day that we'd actually met each other doing this race. And uh, we see each other on the top of way inside while you're rescuing some guy. How weird is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Small crazy. world. That's it. So some of our group legged it away from Yarbury and I started down the road with Andrew just saying, yeah, do you know what? I, I just can't be bothered to run. <laughs> Even though there was a chance we could get in under 21 hours. And then we got about 100 yards down the road and we just sent, looked at each other and went, oh, come on then. And we started sort of <laughs> dog trotting down the road. And then the road went steeper and steeper downhill and we ended up getting up a decent pace and I could feel him sort of either me accelerating away from him or him dropping back from me and shouting, are you right? Yeah, I'm all right. And I kind of got the bit between my teeth then and my legs yeah. were going and I thought, do you know what? I just want to run at my own pace and get to the end. Because you've got just, about one and a half miles to go. Yeah, like I just wanted it over. Mm. And so ran it most of the way back, effectively, and then got to the finish. The clock looked it was about looked like it was about two minutes until 5.30 in the morning. So what would have been just under 21 hours. And Andrew came in about a minute after 5.30. But brilliantly they hadn't actually started the race until 8.33 yeah so actually we all finished in under um, yeah. 21 hours which was fantastic coming yay well done top job <laughs> this feels good well done, mate Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Sweet. Well done. Well done. Everyone told me I had to rip into you for persuading me to come up and do this race that you then pull out of all of my mate. Thank you so much for leading this race. That was good. Yeah, no, it was team effort, wasn't it? It's really good. It's good. Yeah, you did. Congratulations. Well done.
So we were just under. Just under one hour. Just under one hour. I think about five minutes under. I'll say. I can't believe I got in. Under. Right, right, yeah, we're going to have a shower. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Shame wow. on you. Shame on me. So, um, so I haven't packed your stuff up at moment. It's still where you yeah. left it. So you don't have to shower. I'm going to lube up my bottom. Yeah, yeah. Because it is yeah. yeah. And of course you're at Threshfield School and there's showers, lovely hot gym showers and somewhere you can sleep if you want to and a big kitchen and they've cooked a big, big fried breakfast. But I was in tatters. I mean, I, I think I probably must have looked like I was in tatters. I... Felt awful. Felt similar, but not quite as bad as I did at the end of Thames Path 100. Your mobility was pretty good compared yes. to most, if I'm honest. It was all right. Yeah. yeah. But I was, when I got into the showers, I actually felt a little bit lightheaded. Yeah. As I was stood in the boiling, they were really hot showers. So I ended up lying on the floor, using my foot to press the little button in on the showers. <laughs> um, and of course, it's school showers. They're not really cubicles. So I'm just lying on the naked on the floor as these people have stood around me going, really? I'm like, really? I, I just can't stand at the moment. I'm really sorry. And after about five minutes of just lying under the shower with my foot on the button to get the hot water over me, I then managed to compose myself enough to stand up and get showered and dressed and out to you and head off home. The podcast recorder died. I just got soaked with water yeah. and wouldn't work. That's the first time that's ever happened in anything we've done. I've got wet before, but not that wet. Mm. So how, what, do you th- what do you think about it then? Say, well, so well, how, how are you reflecting on it now? As well, you say, it's a number of weeks since... Well, I am. Now. Um, you were quite positive when you finished it in saying... Well, let, let, let's, let's, let's do something different. Let's start an idea that for each race from that we'll do now on, why don't we run through a sort of little quiz so right so the Felsman quiz okay six questions first question distance terrain and course type so it's 61 miles three and a half thousand meters of elevation and it's rough fell country I guess it's certainly not a trail run traditionally in the way you do it number two best bit the best bit I guess was no, the best bit was the views at the beginning, but yeah. at night time we just there. But I loved, I loved just the fact that it's a different style of race and the food and the, and the way it just feels really local and yeah, like they've been doing it for years. You feel like you're taking part in an event that's been going on for ages and that feels really quite special. Yeah. Question three, worst bit. Weather. <laughs> End of. <laughs> Four, did you enjoy it? No. Five, would you recommend it? Yes. Okay. Leads to number six then. Would you do it again? Which isn't necessarily the same as whether no, I enjoyed I know, it or not. I know. No, I don't think I would. And that's because I really think that races over 50 miles are not for me. Funny old thing though, you know, the further I go away from the event, the more in my head it was good, you know. Yeah. There's that amazing pe- f- feeling of satisfaction when you finish yeah. something like that. But I don't think I'd want to go back and do it again. Okay. You seem to prefer the races that you can run. Yes. So don't forget, you can follow us on social media, can't you, Thane? Yes, you can. You can email us, runnersontrail at gmail.com. Well done. Yes, you can. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at runnersontrail. Having said, did I enjoy the race? You know, and I said no. Um, but clearly I was enjoying it at the beginning. I wanted to finish the podcast today if I could by reading an excerpt from Richard Asquith's excellent Feet in the Clouds, which is all about fell running, because I think it totally summarises what I felt in the Felsman. And I had it going around in my head when I was running in the Felsman. Mm. But also I think what fell running and trail running can be about. And he says this, Fell runners who entirely forget, as many from time to time do, how to see their sport in terms other than times and records and finishing positions are clearly missing the point. We run in the mountains and not round a track or on a treadmill because it is a more beautiful, uplifting, liberating experience. That's not to endorse the conventional, modern cult of the view, which holds that areas of outstanding natural beauty exist only to be looked at, preferably from approved viewpoints and picnic areas. Rather, it's to share the more perceptive analysis of natural beauty expressed, for some reason, by Oscar Wilde 
It seems to me that we all look at nature too much and live with her too little, he wrote into Profondus. I discern great sanity in the Greek attitude. They never chatted about sunsets or discussed whether the shadows on the lawn were really mauve or not. But they saw that the sea was for the swimmer and the sand for the feet of the runner. They loved the trees for the shadow that they cast and the forest for its silence at noon. In the same way, if you're not cold or wet or lost or exhausted or bruised by rocks or covered in mud, you're not really experiencing the mountains properly. The point is not the exertion involved, it's the degree of involvement or immersion in the landscape. You need to feel it, to interact with it, to be in it, not just looking from the outside. You need to lose yourself, for it is then that you are most human. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back soon. Runners on Trail.